Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the PropG podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. There are many different paths you can take. But there's only one road to Atlanta. The high drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flair out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzie Albies. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for an inside the Parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road the Number Two Atlanta. Now hit the road with your hosts Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I am one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on ChalkingChop.com, where I've been the minor league editor for the better part of five seasons now. And more recently, I've been taking on the responsibility of as deputy site manager. And I've been, I don't know, you've heard my voice on this podcast, the Talking Chop podcast, and maybe some radio programs here and there. We're really excited about this episode for a couple reasons. One is that a lot of things have been crazy, crazy things have been happening in the minor leagues since the last time we talked. But more importantly, we have a special guest who's probably going to be recur- like a recurring co-host again, which we're really excited about. But first, we have Matt Powers, as always, joining me this evening. You can follow him on Twitter at MattPowers31. Matt, what are you up to right now, my friend? I'm sitting in the parking lot of the uh, Charlotte Knights and Rail Riders game watching Louis Robert. Yeah, don't ever doubt... Matt's commitment to watching prospects, even when they're not Braves prospects, he travels around a lot watching in his area. He lives up in the in the Pennsylvania area. I won't disclose the secret location where he currently lives, but so he, around the Northeast, a lot of those affiliates. So when Gwinnett goes up that way, when uh, he's actually going to be seeing some Gwinnett games here soon, you know, he he gets out and sees a lot of minor league games to you know make connections with scouts as well as to kind of just see a lot of the top guys. So. He stays pretty busy, and right now we're basically on one bar of service with him at the at the game right now. So bear with us if there's a little bit decreased audio quality today. Also, there's going to be hijinks because Garov couldn't make it. He had a family engagement that he just couldn't get pull away pull away from in time. He really wanted to be here because. For those who aren't aware, when we launched the first iteration of Road to Atlanta, there was three co-hosts. Matt would come on quite a bit, but he wasn't one of the initial three. And I'm really excited because the other member of that, that of that initial three is here, Garrett Spain. You probably followed him on Twitter at Braves MILB. He's been with me at Talking Chop since God, Garrett. You've been you were with me in 2015. Was what that summer, right? Right, right. When uh, like right after Tukey got traded over. So yeah, so uh, it was. <laughs> 
it was a very different animal back then when it was just Garrett and I running all the recaps. Uh, we kind of have PTSD about if you just imagine a world where all the minor league recaps that you guys have been reading on Talking Chop, there's only two people writing them, and we just alternated back and forth and just hoped that we wouldn't die by the end of the season. Um, Garrett, what have you been up to, my man? Uh, you know, just carrying on doing the baseball thing, and well, I'm excited to get back and get back on the podcast and talk with you guys again. It's been a while. I haven't been, I mean, last time I was on was what? I mean, it was been two years since we did it last. So yeah, it's been a while. Garrett was traveling for a while and he also had a work situation where he was getting home late, which made it difficult. And we were all kind of having difficulties kind of making it work. And now that we've kind of relaunched the podcast, it, it definitely felt weird that like cats, Garrett's cat hadn't like interrupted in some form or fashion or, you know, there was some loud crash or, you know, like he gets a blue screen of death in the middle of a podcast. And, you know, and plus it's just, we talked to, you have to understand for us, we talk to each other all the time. I mean, it's ever, our, our chat. Between of all the minor league writers is constantly active. People chiming in, mostly about baseball. Every once in a while, it's about weird stuff, which is you know also partially Garrett's fault. But you know, there's plenty of there's plenty of offenders in that chat, and we're just really excited to be able to have him back to be able to talk some baseball, get his insights on some guys. Because like I said, I've been working with Garrett for again the better part of five seasons now, and we really want to be able to talk about some of these big events and these guys because we're all we all very, have varied personalities and varied opinions on guys and i always want to make sure that we're including as many voices as possible so garrett's gonna be coming on the show much more frequently garav should be back next week uh we have some possibilities some really exciting guests coming up as well i can't really reveal that stuff yet because we don't have it nailed down yet but overall it's gonna be a lot of fun as we kind of the minor league season winds down and we can start doing some retrospective type analytical type stuff where we can kind of look back and look at where guys ended up and what we think about them but the big news this week was the promotions. We, we've been kind of hinting that we thought this could be happening. Just once the trade deadline happens, there was going to be a bit of, like, remove some of the logjam from the system, and we could see some movement. I don't think any of us thought that all of this movement was going to happen this quickly. So I'm going to go to the – I'm going to go to Matt first, and then I'm going to go to you, Garrett. The, fir- the first – the big promotions are that Christian Pache, Drew Waters, Tucker Davidson, and Ian Anderson all got bumped up to AAA – what was I mean? Like, what was your reaction to that, and kind of what are your expectations for those four? My reaction is, wow, this could not have been timed any better because Gwinnett makes their only trip to Scranton this coming weekend. So I will get the first look out of any of us at these guys in person in AAA. Maybe Anderson, maybe not Anderson. He pitched on Tuesday. If he goes on normal rest, he pitches Sunday. If they hold him out, they don't have a game Monday, so he wouldn't go till Tuesday. So I'm hoping he pitches Sunday and I get to see all four of them. But I was thrilled when I got to see them. I wasn't surprised that Anderson moved up. He was dominating. Same thing with Davidson. And I wasn't surprised Pache moved up because if you're going to possibly put him on the playoff roster to offer something that nobody else has, you want to get him some challenges against better pitchers. Waters, I was a little surprised they moved him before the end of the year, but at the same time, he's earned it. He definitely has. All these guys have played really well. Garrett, what about you? Yeah, I'm really in the same boat. I mean, they definitely – there comes a point where no matter how much you want to develop a guy, he's playing so well above the competition at a level that you can keep him down, and all four of those guys were at the point, especially Anderson. Anderson was so good. I mean, it was a matter of time of when he was going to be promoted. I think it was kind of, you know – 
waiting the trade de- trade deadline out, see who they got, and then they kind of decided to move him. Um, Waters, I agree. You know, he still has strikeout issues, but I think with him, he's reached a point where he probably should be challenging AAA. And so far, I mean, he's looked really good. So I, all of them, I'm excited, and I think they're all going to play well. It'll be, you know, it'll be a bit of an adjustment period. They might not quite give us the results right away that you want out of a top prospect, but they're all so young at that level that, I mean, it's really incredible that they've gotten to the point that they've all pushed for promotions quickly. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a interesting problem that the Braves had is that they had such a kind of a glut of guys, especially on the starting pitching front. What you saw with Anderson is that there's a very clear spot that was opened up for him when Colby Allard was moved. Um, then you have Travis Demerit moved in, in addition to Joey Wentz in the trade with the Tigers for Shane Green. And all of a sudden you have to figure out why or how are they going to make move for Tucker Davidson? Because I was one of the first, to, if not the first, to report that these four guys were moving up. The real question is kind of what what the roster was going to look like because they're going to. It was pretty clear they were going to have to release somebody, call someone up to the major leagues, like in a fairly permanent fashion, or they're going to have to move some guys down. They ended up moving a couple a couple pieces down back to Mississippi to kind of make the numbers work. But overall, I mean, like, these are all guys who have performed really well. And if you want to see what Drew Waters can do, both with that with the new baseball, plus you can do a lot of like these season quad A types. You can kind of see what these crafty pitchers can do to him and kind of test him. I see the rationale for it. I see what bringing up, even if we think he's a little aggressive at the plate, I do like the aggressiveness combined with his bat to ball skills. And I want to see what the Pache and Waters can do with, you know, this level of like, with their, what, what their power is going to show against these, these triple, these triple A pitchers with the triple A ball. As for Anderson and Tucker Davidson, I mean, Tucker Davidson's been leading the Southern League in the ERA for like the better part of four months now. Ian Anderson for the last two months has probably been the best pitcher overall in Southern, in the Southern League. So those are two guys that d- d- have probably deserved a promotion for a little while now and they just needed a spot. You know, we, we love Colby. We do. For, uh, but it's nice to be able to have a spot for these young guys that they can continue to be moved upwards that the, for spots that they've earned. I hope he does well in Texas and it allows Ian to kind of test things out. Ian's first outing did not go particularly well in AAA, uh, mostly by, from a, like a second inning where he ended up giving up a grand slam. That's kind of where the bulk of the damage was done. And it's worth remembering in his case that he didn't have like a bunch of time to accumulate to the new baseball and how to throw it. I know people kind of talk about, you know, it jumps off batters' bats and all this other stuff. But the biggest problem is, well, I say the biggest problem. One of the problems, too, is that the pitchers overall, that, that ball is physically different. And throwing it, they're, they're, their pitches are just going to get different action. You have to get used to that. And he kind of got promoted and was immediately on the, immediately have the start. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of doubt, uh, especially given how good he's been over the course of his minor league career. Let him adjust a bit, see what's going on, see if he can figure out how to get that ball to move the way he wants it to. And, you know. Kind of take that first start with a grain of salt, but those weren't the only promotions. And uh, I'll go to Garrett first, then I'll go to go to Matt on this one. Uh, to make uh, you know, we had a bunch of movement up to Gwinnett, but that kind of necessitated some movement coming from the lower levels further up. And we have Nolan Kingham in uh, Mississippi. G- give us your thoughts kind of on what how how no- Kingham's looked this year, and kind of what your overall thoughts on him as a prospect. I mean, Kingham isn't. Kingham is definitely not one that's high on my personal prospect list. He's probably a reliever, but you, one of the things he's done this 
really well this year. He's controlled the ball well. He's not walking a lot of guys. And so he's been able to be fairly effective. He has a lot of really good games and a lot of really bad games. So if he can get more consistency, especially with striking guys out because he doesn't really have the best strikeout rates right now, if he can get more consistency, you could see him as maybe a back-end starter. But right now, you know, he definitely deserves it. He's probably the best pitcher on that. He was the best pitcher on the Firefox roster, but you know he's not—he's definitely not at the level of a lot of the guys that we've seen move around. Matt, what about you, man? I think he's a potential number five, probably not in Atlanta because we have so many pitchers that are so good, and a number five in somewhere like I don't know Minnesota or the Mets or the Phillies is not going to make this rotation. But he's better than the numbers suggest. I think the fact that he pitches the contact and gets a lot of ground balls, and he hasn't had the best defensive team behind him in that infield, as as well as a little bit with the outfield, has not helped him. So I think that contributed to some of the inconsistency in his numbers this year. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some of that. You know, you, you never really know, especially with those, like, when the lower levels aren't loaded with, like, really good, strong defensive talent. Guys who pitch to contact, you know, sometimes their numbers really look worse than what they actually were. Um, now, that, case in point, sometimes when you see a Dallas Keiko line, a guy that gets a bunch of ground balls, you'd think that, you know, it wouldn't uh, normally... It, he he probably just got some ground balls that found some holes or the defense behind him isn't particularly good. Unfortunately, if you're watching the game this evening, that's not what's happening because the Marlins are whooping up on Keuchel and it's 8 nothing Miami uh, in the fourth inning thanks to some home runs, uh, a pair of them from Brian Anderson. So maybe not the best example, but my point is, is that, you know, you have to kind of take some of that with a grain of salt, but I tend to agree with both of them. This is He's kind of a back-end starter prospect. Um, but other than that, you know, you just kind of wait and see. He's moving up fairly quickly, which is kind of what you'd expect from a college arm. But whether or not that actually holds and he actually turns into more than just kind of a, a potential back-end starter pitch, starting pitching prospect is very much remains to be seen. And not we're not kind of reading too much into the quick promotion. Um, and Odalvi Javier, uh, as far as I'm aware, is the one that was moved up from Rome and he moved up to high A to kind of, again, make those numbers work, you know, getting a guy into the fire, fire frogs. Javier has been around for a long time. You, we, can, we, can, we can dwell on him for a little bit. He's looked pretty good in Rome. Uh, but this seems more like a a guy who's a mature in the system and not necessarily one that's some, a guy that we need to like dwell a lot on. More of an organizational depth piece for me. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think him and Delmer Mejia specifically. Those two, they just, I mean, they've stuck to the lower levels of the minor leagues and all they do is keep putting up good numbers, but they don't really have the stuff or profile to be much more than organizational depth. I mean, they're among the better caliber of players in that lower level of depth player, but, and it does help that they're as successful as they are, but that's really what they amount to. Yeah, I mean, Javier, he's good. He'll fill up innings, you know, kind of make sure you don't stress out the bullpen too much, but he's not, he's not a major league arm. I don't see it happen. Yeah, I mean, again, just one of those situations where, you know, sometimes promotions are because a guy is super exciting and deserves it, and sometimes it's because, you know, a guy is mature enough to handle the assignment, but he's probably not going to blow your hair back. So, again, these are all the, – the most exciting moves happened at the AAA level, but the rest of the promotions are interesting, 
but not ones that necessarily are ones that get us going in a way that go, wow, we need to be paying attention more to this guy. I'm actually a little bit more surprised that we they didn't find a way to move some of the guys that are like at Rome that could have feasibly moved up to either high A or even possibly just jump straight to, to double A. Uh, I'm looking at you, Justin Dean, as an example. He's a guy that's been like all he does is rake and all he does is perform and he just can't seem to get a promotion. And I'm just it's hard for me to understand why folks on that Fire Frogs roster are keeping him from being moved up. But unless they don't want to move him to Florida and are just killing time until they can move him up to Mississippi next year. I mean, there's definitely that. All three of us can attest the fact that, you know, moving guys to Florida is basically a good way to have them play half the games in a month because it's always going to be rained out down there. And, you know, it's kind of a tough hitters environment, too. But I don't know. Would, would, would you have moved up, Dean, already, Garrett? Oh, I definitely would have. I mean, I know, I know the previous – uh, regime love to keep guys in Florida all year. I mean, in Rome all year, but I mean, you look at a college guy who's had a lot of success. I don't see why you keep him down at this point. Cause right now, I mean, the last couple of weeks, he's been ridiculous. You I mean, you can tell that he's a guy that shouldn't be there anymore. I mean, I guess at this point in the year, they just figure why bother. And yeah, I hate seeing guys go to Florida ever, but I, I would have promoted him straight to Mississippi when those moves were made, but it's... yeah, I, I I I would have found I would have I feel like they could have found a spot for him moved up on it, but I also understand not moving him up to high A. Um, but we'll get get into some of the top performers because he's definitely one guy that's going to be worth talking about. But before we do that, we're just going to take a short break for an ad. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, and we're back. Uh, we, we've we kind of discussed the big news of the week, and this is going to end up being a little shorter podcast. One, because you know there's not a ton of new things going on right now, and two, we're kind of dealing with some you know a spotty connection on Matt's side as well as a little bit on Garrett's side. So I don't want to necessarily tempt the fates too much. So I apologize in advance, but we don't want to leave you guys hanging too much without kind of going over some of the top performers from the last few weeks. Uh, Garrett, give, give us a few names that kind of caught your eye this past week or so. You know, one of the other guys that we, I think a lot of us wrote off because he looked so horrible for us, like two was Grayson Janista, but he's really, I mean, over the last month or so, he's really come on and he's starting to, you know, not strike out a lot. He's a guy, he's always taking walks. He's got raw power. It's not showing in games. You know, if he can put show back to basketball, I mean, he's, hopefully he's one of those guys that the tools and the, Development is really ahead of where the numbers are, and so far, if we can get what he's gotten lately and he can start to show some of that power, I mean, he'll start to creep back on where we consider. I think we left him off of our midseason top 30 list, but yeah, yeah, he ended up as start. yeah, he was on an honorable mention, I think. Yeah, yeah he he's a guy that will start getting a little bit more attention because I mean, he does he does have talent. He is a guy that can play at the major league level, but a college guy 
done so poorly, you kind of, you definitely have questions about it. Uh, I hope this is real. Uh, we'll see. He's started to strike out a little bit more the last, uh, week or so, but I mean, over the last month, he's really done everything you can ask of him and that's a really big deal. I think the biggest prospect name in terms of guys that have just really come on lately is William Contreras, uh, because for a long time, he really kind of looked lost at the plate, especially once he got pulled to play. Maybe it was a bit of a bit of a premature promotion, but again, Florida is a place where you kind of want to get guys out once you get into summer, especially the top prospects, because they're just not going to play enough because of all the rain. And the last week, week and a half, he's been, I mean, outstanding. He's hit a couple home runs. He's drawing walks. He's not shy. He's looked good defensively. And, you know, you see, you know, obviously we ranked him really highly in the system. Everybody thinks highly of him. And you can see that talent starting to come through again in double A, you know, how we summit last year at Rome. And I'm, you know, he's top catching prospect for me. I think for all of us, he's a top catching prospect in the system. And I'm getting really excited about what he's done and what he's been able to do the last couple of weeks. I know another couple of guys. Go ahead. No, you go. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what about you, buddy? Did we lose Matt? The GCL guys are what's really impressing me at this point. Um, the guy that's really been the most consistent guy, even though he slowed down a little bit in the last week, is Michael Harris, who just had a double and triple in one of yesterday's two games. And they haven't really been playing much lately. I mean, if you look at the games that uh, they played and his games yesterday, They've only played one, two, three, four, six games, including two doubleheaders in the month of August, which really, if you take out two of the doubleheaders, they've only had four days with games so far in eight days this month because of rain. And um, I think there might have been two Sundays in there where there's no GCL Braves games, but he's hitting 350, 402, 524. That's a 926 OPS. He's got uh, 11 extra base hits, including two homers. In addition to Michael Harris, the other guy that's really impressive is Makai Backstrom, who just the other day hit his first professional home run. He also had a double in that game. And at this point, in he's only played 10 games since he signed late. And he missed about a week or so of action with just a minor injury so he's hitting 367 406 533 with a 940 OPS he's got two doubles and a homer only two walks 11 strikeouts in his 32 plate appearances but remember he doesn't even turn 18 until a month after minor league season ends so Backstrom is definitely still the age of of these prospects that are in the draft for next year, the high school prospects. So obviously anything he does this year is just a bonus. Then you've got Von Grissom, who's just consistently hit. Uh, Joey Estes, who will not be in situation as Makai Backstrom just threw three very strong innings the other day. And three innings is probably the most, well, it's the most he's gone. He probably won't go more than three or four innings at this point this year, maybe maybe five later this month because he's a high school arm, he's young, he missed some time as he waited to officially sign. 
another guy who I want to bring up just the other day, undrafted college reliever that signed Brett Burgess, who had just yesterday recorded five outs in a game. Four of them were strikeouts, and all four of them came by slider. He's a two-way player from college who preferred playing shortstop, barely pitched this year. So he's still trying to find some comfort on the mound in pitching. I mean, when you only threw less than 10 innings this year, I want to say, at an AIA school. So it's not like he has much of a pitching background this year, even though he did throw a little bit more in the past. So to gain some comfort after not really drawing all that much this year, it's just impressive to see what he might be. I mean, that fastball is legitimately 94 to 96. Just yesterday is what the reports said. So that's always promising. Yeah, I, I, I'm really excited to see what these younger guys do coming out of the GCL. I'm kind of keeping my eye on a couple of the guys from Rookie Ball as well, but not in GCL and from Danville. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Bryce Ball on this podcast. Um, as a prospect, he's kind of jumped onto our radars and we're really interested to see what he does in full season ball. You have to take a lot of the rookie ball numbers with a bit of a grain of salt, especially when it comes to a college guy. Uh, one of those, some, like an advanced college back can look particularly good, but maybe not, that might not translate going forward. Uh, he did miss a little bit of time with an injury. I think it's kind of like a minor injury involving a slide. Seems like he's okay now and he's hitting, he's, he's still hitting. He's still, he's still getting on base. We haven't seen any more of those home runs yet, but we imagine that will kind of come back with time just kind of as he gets back to used to things and getting com- comfortable again. And, you know, guys are going to go through a stretch of like a week where they don't hit a home run. That's just kind of how things work. Um, there's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with him. Another guy that's been performing well is Cody Milligan, a guy that we've liked since the beginning of the rookie ball season. Uh, performed really well at the leadoff spot and after kind of a tough start to the rookie ball season, Seems to have turned it on, and honestly, when those two guys are going, they really drive that Danville offense, because the rest of the offense on that Danville squad's a little bit weird. They'll have some guys that run into balls every once in a while, but they don't do it consistently enough that um, if unless Bryce Ball and uh, Milligan are kind of getting on base at a good clip, that Danville team doesn't really score a lot of runs. But if they can, if they're if they're kind of doing their thing, then every once in a while, a Ray Hernandez or you know a Cody Bird song or something like that will you know run into a double or whatever, and it'll, it'll be able to do some damage. And that's kind of how Danville's been winning their games this year, truthfully. Um, Garrett mentioned Contreras, but a couple other guys. Uh, Ryan Castile has really st- stepped up for the Mississippi offense, which got decimated by all these. When you lose Christian Pache, Andrew Waters, you know, two of the top three prospects in the Brave system, if you're listening to us anyway. And Castile is a, you know, a first baseman who's been hitting home runs and showing some power, but he's actually really stepped up his overall offensive game. And I want to give him a little bit of love. He's looked really good since those promotions happened. Uh, and I don't want to discount anything what Justin Dean's doing. He's been pretty absurd all year, but he's been particularly good of late. Uh, has three home runs in his last seven games. Has, is hitting 317 over his last 10. Doesn't really strike out a lot. He strikes, he, he steals a ton of bases. I mean, this is a guy that has a lot of tools and, as terms of an overall player, is a really undersung prospect in the Brave system. He's only 22, so you'd like to see him against some some higher level competition. But he's not so he's not like one of those like 24 or 25 year olds in low A that you know looks much better than he really is. When if you if you put this guy against some double A pitching, I think he would do just fine. And maybe if you get give him a chance to hit that major league baseball, he'd actually show a little bit more power too. I mean, he's a guy that already has over 30 X base hits this year, including eight home runs. And it's been showing more power of late. He does a lot of things well, plays a good center field too. 
I, he gets an unfair knock, I think, for his overall size, but he doesn't play his size. He's a strong guy. He plays, he's really fast and has a real hit tool. And that this, you know, when you get that guy in the 17th round, that's, that's almost a no brainer that you, you know, when you realize what kind of tools this guy has. Um, you know, other than that, there's been a few other guys that perform well. Kyle Wright's been looking good for, looking good for Gwinnett and, we're still waiting to just kind of see what happens with Kyle Muller when he gets back. He had an injury. Uh, I think it was on a la- landing on his delivery where he rolled his ankle or something like that. He's heading to, or maybe it was a calf strain. That's what it was. Um, don't know how long that's going to keep him out. It, uh, we hope that he gets another starter to this season, but you never really know that sort of stuff. If it's, a, if it's a relatively severe sprain or something like that, they may just tell him to shut it down. But we're kind of in the home stretch for us, you know, the, the minor league season's ending, which is always kind of a weird time for us because it's always that next week when there's no recaps, when we're all like, what do we do? Um, but we're going to hopefully be able to provide some kind of analytical type shows. We're going to try, we have obviously a lot of folks that have been coming on the show. We're going to try to bring a lot of them back on, uh, in addition to some old friends from, you know, the various affiliates so we can talk about the specific teams and kind of what they thought about players. So that's our overall goal for the show. Obviously, Garab will be back next week when, He's done doing family stuff, and again, a couple of exciting guests that could potentially come, but we're, I'm going to hold off on announcing anything until we know for sure what's going on. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, make sure you fo- follow the Road to Atlanta Twitter account at Road the Number Two Atlanta. We have relaunched the the Patreon, so we can kind of get that going again. And if you want to support it, you can just you can however much you want to do per month. If you want to do a dollar a month, if you want to do fifty dollars a month, you probably shouldn't do that because that seems really excessive. But you are able to do so if you want to do that via Patreon. Um, and if you, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, make sure you don't miss a single episode. There's no road to Atlanta SoundCloud or iTunes feed anymore. The way you have to get the podcast is you have to go to the talking shop feed and subscribe to the talking shop podcast, which means that not only do you get the talking shop podcast where you have Brad and, and you know, sometimes it's Scott, sometimes it's myself, sometimes it's, you know, special guests on there, but you also get this podcast. It's two podcasts on the same feed. They're both, uh, the, the talking shop show is a really good show and we do our absolute best to make this one as good as good as well. Garrett, do you have anything you want to add before we sign off? Yeah. I mean, for me, one, I'm excited back you know i'm looking forward to coming through and uh checking out a couple things a couple of uh quick minor league games tonight justin dean we were just talking about him he's already three for four with a triple tonight so uh yeah i think it's really time to uh promote justin dean please if uh anybody in the braves are listening promote justin dean now (laughs) he's really really good matt what about you man that's really all that i have a chance to see waters pache uh, and hopefully Anderson next week, this weekend. Awesome. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate all the uh, support. Sorry for a little bit of the shorter show this week. Uh, again, as you can kind of tell from a little bit of the audio quality, particularly on Matt's end where he's basically dealing with one bar of reception in a parking lot of a minor league baseball game, uh, we have to kind of, we're, we're, we're trying to make things work for you to get some information to you guys. And hopefully you guys enjoyed it. But again, a little bit of a shorter show. Next week we're going to try to do a little bit more of a mailbag where we kind of cover a wide variety of topics. But we know there's some things on your minds, uh, particularly this week when we had all these promotions. So we want to make sure we cover this topic specifically. Thank you again so much. And until next time, we'll see you on the road. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.